I was scared about being brainwashed and I another, needed a brainwashing. Another thing we were talking about is I've never been so thoroughly cleaned in a shower that the next day I didn't need another cleaning. You know what I mean? So I, you know, it doesn't <laughs> matter how clean I get the next day I need another shower. And if I go two days, people don't want to be around me anymore. You know, it means a lot the same way. You know? <laughs> That's great. I heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour, featuring the collected voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. Sam, guess what I'm going to do? The milk crate challenge. No, no. The plank challenge. No, uh, no, no. Oh, no. wait, no, there's a new thing. There's, what is it? The swamp face planting challenge. <laughs> Come on, Don. My, the days of my face planting are over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to host a write-in for my district. It's called Writing Your Story Submission for the fifth edition of the big book. Challenge. Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Not a challenge somebody came up to him is going oh this is great we'll get all the creatives in our area together to write their stories for the big book because they're calling for new stories for the fifth edition okay they're printing a fifth edition and they want to update the section of the new stories mm -hmm. so it's a hard thing to do to write a story we all have a story that's worth writing so i brought it up to the district I would lead a session where I give writing prompts and we do it as a group, kind of like John D. in July was talking about getting together a home group to write letters to correctional facilities. It oh, makes yeah. it easier for everyone. Yeah, it does. And a matter of fact, back when I was in District 23 of Area 51, Greensboro, North Carolina, I um, participated in a Grapevine article writing workshop. And my story got published. So, I mean, it's really cool to get together with a group of alcoholics and, and do this. It mm. really does help you do it. I think it's a great idea, Don. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But, you know, I was looking it up and I found there is guidelines for how many words, 3,500 words, five pages, double space, that kind of thing. But nothing about how to write it or what to do. So mm. I'm going to make a PowerPoint presentation. First, write down a list of all the parts of my story. Well, you know, it's, it's thinking about it exactly like I would with an hour-long speaker meeting. What I was like, what happened, and what I'm like today, mm -hmm. and how I developed a relationship with a higher power. In the big book, those are the four things that it says in our personal stories Right. As those parameters. So basically make a list of all the categories and write down, you know, a word or two that will remind you of the, what happened to you in those areas. And then once you got that outline, start writing. That sounds like a really cool experience. Are you going to do that online so I can jump into? <laughs> <laughs> well, we hadn't thought about that, <laughs> but that's a good idea. Other people may want to do it. I mean, you go to your district and see if you can put something like this together because oh, everybody jumped on it. So you're suggesting that not only could I go to my district, but other people could go to their district and inquire about getting together an article or story writing workshop uh, for either the grapevine or the big book, or maybe both. 
Yeah. And write me, I'll send you my prompts. <laughs> I'll send you my work. I really will. And so that would be podcasts at aagrapevine.org. What we got happening today, Sam? Oh, Don, today we'll be talking with Patrick C. from Ashburn, Virginia, and we'll see if we can interest him in some discussion based on hashtag heard in a meeting posts. Mm, Okie dokie. Did you say okie dokie? Yeah, it's better than giddy up. Don, (laughs) let's let's meet Patrick. Okie dokie. Grapevine does not accept donations, but you can offer your support by making a purchase at store.aagrapevine.org or by the Carry the Message gift certificates to sponsor Grapevine subscriptions for alcoholics in need. That's store.aagrapevine.org. Order a copy of the new book, Fun in Sobriety, and join us August 22nd for a group discussion. Participate by calling 212-870-3418 with your reflections on fun and sobriety, and we may play it on the show. That's 212-870-3418. Hey, guys. Hey, everybody. My name is Pat, and I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Pat. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, where are you from? Northern Virginia. You know, I was trying to remember my district and area. It's been a while since I've I've done uh, intergroup work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm part of the Centerville district. I'll have to get back to you on my area. Kudos to you for being so in tune with your general services organization. And I'm the GSR for my home group. And so I've been going to district meetings regularly. Anyway, so that's how I really came up with the idea of doing it. That's awesome. It's highly recommended to check out general service because, you know, that's one that contempt prior to investigation can definitely be a thing. I totally agree with you. (laughs) I totally agree. One of my greatest experiences early on was, I want to say it was a state level conference. Mm-hmm. And boy, just the, the all day meetings and all the different topics and the committees that met and just the energy around gathering of people who were perfect strangers in, in any other regard, except that we all shared the common bond of recovery. It helped me a lot to understand just, you know, how special the program is, you know, yeah. were they voting? There was two. I went to one that it was mainly we were having some of just these big rooms full of people doing, you know, countdowns and speakers and things like that. That's a conference. Yeah. There's conferences and assemblies. The assemblies are where they vote. The So the first one must have been an assembly because we actually were having committees and we were voting on, mm. you know, matters that were rolling up to general services. And, and my sobriety date goes back to 93 so I actually went through that process of seeing a version change in the big book. And oh. I gotta tell you, that was, that really shook me up, you know, cause I thought of the big book as, you know, kind of like the Bible, you know what I mean? So to change what changed the stories, they didn't change the first part. They just changed the story. So, right. So you went from the third edition to the fourth edition. Correct. Like this was my version that I, you know, was raised on. I always spot those folks, too, who got sober on the third edition because they're the ones that often will say something about 417 or 448. Yeah, 449. 449. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
something about they somewhere. Hey, when, story. I, when I wake up in the morning, if I look over, I can't tell you how many times I see 449 on the clock, man. I cannot tell you. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, it's that. It's acceptance, man. It's such a great reminder, you know. On page 449, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. That's the one you're talking about. Yeah, nothing, absolutely nothing happens in this world by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Until I could accept my alcoholism, I couldn't get sober. Unless I accept the world as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this particular moment, I can't be happy. So you yeah. said 1992? Three. Three. What was going on inside of you that day in 1993 when you decided that you wanted to go to AA and ask for help of all? A little, little bit of trouble at the office. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was actually uh, I was actually let go from work early that day for smelling of alcohol, and it was the second time in two weeks. What really got me that day, Don and Sam, is I experienced the realization that nothing about my life was a mystery to me. What I realized was that the fellowship, the program, was all about understanding that powerlessness. You know that just that when I realized, like, despite my best efforts, I'd gotten in trouble on the second. And then two weeks later, I got in trouble again. So if you look back at, at 1993, August 16th is a Monday, I got sober that Monday. Uh, my last drink was on Sunday, the 15th. And I had firmly committed after being in trouble on the second that Sunday nights when I was working my second job as a waiter, I wasn't going to be drinking alcohol like I normally did to the point where I went out late at night and then dragged into, into work on Monday morning and smelled of alcohol. You know, I, I promised myself I wouldn't do it anymore. You broke that promise. Uh, you know, I mean, somebody called me a wimp for not drinking Sunday night and I had to show him, oh. boss, you know. Yeah, so I drank that Sunday night and I drank into the to the wee hours. And when I smelled of alcohol again for the second time in two weeks, they sent me home. I decided right then and there I needed to go to to I'd been in, in AA meetings up to that point. It just coincidentally, somehow I can't imagine how, but people were inviting me to meetings. You were, I, I found no yourself in an AA meeting. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I found myself in Amy's. Like there was a judge that suggested I go, and there was, uh, yeah, there were people <laughs> in my life that that were going, and just thought, well, maybe you should just come along, you know. And uh, so other people had a problem with your drinking, but you didn't. <laughs> Correct. You got it. You got it. I was perfectly fine with it. It was practically one of the only good things left in my life at that point. You know what I mean? I wasn't enjoying my job. I wasn't enjoying my, but uh, no, all, all kidding aside, I, I like to say I came to the program with an open mind and uh, I'm still here just checking it out. You know, I try to keep it as fresh and as, you know, pragmatic as the day I got here. My life is a whole galaxy better than than where I was when I got here. You said that you you keep it fresh because you've been doing this for a while. Yeah. How how do you keep it fresh? What does that um, look like for I, you? I sponsor guys. I, I go to a lot of meetings. I go to four or five meetings a week, uh, whether I need them or not. You know, um, I've I've always been really fortunate that um, I love being in meetings. I love the feeling I get at the end of a meeting. Uh, it's never what I expect. I find myself 
getting involved with other people's sobriety. It makes it sticky for me. I'm, I'm interested. I want to come back and find out how they're doing. And I don't get to the point where I feel like, well, I don't need to go to a meeting. You know what I mean? Because I certainly could, I could go a week without a meeting and not drink alcohol. I'm, I'm sure of it, but nothing about that is desirable to me. You know what I mean? Like I just. Well, I know what you mean, except for the fact that it's very common for people who are sober for a long time to start cutting back on meetings sure. and to quit slowly, quit going to AA. I just, I realize that whatever thoughts that come into my mind, you know, like uh, cutting corners or taking, taking a meeting out of my schedule or whatever, that those thoughts are lead me towards a drink. And so those thoughts are my alcoholism. They're my mm. alcoholism at work inside of me looking to create some kind of separation between me and the program, you know, and the fellowship. So, yeah. You know, I like me a lot better when I go to meetings. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I'm really not worried about taking a drink today, but I am worried about not liking me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pat, what happened to you when you decided you'd been to AA before mm-hmm. and this time you decided this is it? couple of things, Don. I lost my dad a month before last. Um, my dad died on the 6th at the age of 91. Mm-hmm. He was very instrumental in my sobriety. He and I were in his car one day a couple of months before I ended up getting sober. But I was asking him for, for money. And I was asking him for support for legal uh, resources that I needed to be able to continue driving. He said, nope, I'm not going to help you. I think that you'll just end up using that money to continue your drinking. He turned me down. And and I know that was the hardest thing in the world for him was yeah. to tell me. He loved me. He loved all of his kids and, and wanted us to be you know healthy and full and provided for. But that was a really important step. And I saw my job. I saw my health. I saw my family. I saw my finances my friends, I saw everything kind of just pulling away from me. You know what I mean? And I was really feeling desperate and alone and pretty hopeless. So when I got in trouble at work that day, I was in the right condition. So what did you do in AA that was different? Did you start working the steps right away? No, no, actually, I started going to a meeting every day and specifically men's meetings. I was a young single guy. I was very distracted in the co-ed meetings and I never actually went to rehab, but I got around a lot of people that were part of that rehab society. You know, just, there was a lot of, you know, men that worked at that facility that would join the meeting. There was a lot of uh, residents in those 28 day programs that would come in. And I met a guy named Marty in that meeting and Marty ended up being a sponsor of mine for many years. And I just loved Ron C., Ron has passed away. He was just another just magnificent icon of my early sobriety that uh, I will <laughs> never, ever forget, you know? So, so I just, I just opened myself up, man. I just opened myself up to the program and just let some of these guys who had what I wanted feature prominently in my thinking. Did you resist the steps? No, I didn't resist them. I took a swing at four and five in my first year. You know, I just didn't really have a tight relationship with my sponsor at the time. I felt like I I did a pretty good job, but I just didn't get a lot out of it, you know. Did you ultimately get that? 
Yeah. So after I was sober a couple of years, right before my second anniversary, I moved to Korea. Mm. I lived over there for 18 months and I connected with a group over there, started going to meetings in Seoul. And I met a really good sponsor over there, a guy from Canada. You know, I ended up working my fourth step and my fifth step with him, John. I had lost my mom. Uh, She died at an early age of cancer. The day I worked my four step before I'd actually even shared it with John, I was watching a movie and and it was a reenactment of my mother's passing away. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just lost it. And I hadn't felt that much like genuine emotion, even to the day she died. I'd never felt that real raw grief. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I knew I was, I knew I was really opening up to the reality of, of my life and to the experiences that I had, all that stuff had just been whitewashed over, over the years, you know? So, so if you were going to make a comparison to what sobriety is like without working the steps versus it working the steps, cause you had a, about two years of sobriety without, mm-hmm. right. is, is there a distinction between those two that you can make? You know, um, I don't know if I would say I didn't work the steps those first couple of years. I definitely worked steps one, two, and three, and I attempted four and five. I was involved, but man, the level that I was able to get to with that guy in Korea was, but I just don't think if I was ready up to that point to be like that. I get that. You know what I mean? I was still, you know, cutting wood and carrying water. You know, I had sponsors and when I was told to do things, especially one, two, and three, like I had done some, some reading around those. I read uh, Living Sober. I went to step meetings. And I think it's also really important that the connection be good between the sponsor and the sponsee. Like there needs to be a very high level of trust there. I get what you're saying. It was eight months for me before I even got a sponsor. In that period of time, I was, I just needed a little stability. I just needed some connection in the rooms. I just needed a new routine in my life. And those were the things that I got. And then I found that person who was to be my sponsor and I was ready. Yeah. And uh, I've got actually quite a number of sponsees currently. During uh, the the last couple of years, I started a meeting on Zoom. 7 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, men's meeting. I was just starting a new job right at the beginning of COVID. Like, so they gave us a Zoom account. Well, I opened it up to whoever wanted to have an AA meeting with me. And uh, we're still meeting today. I've turned it over. We have our own Zoom account now. We we take contributions and, and we buy our own, you know, Zoom subscription and and there's another leader. Like I've turned over the leadership position. Now I'm just uh rotation meeting. But uh, hey, we got we got over twenty guys every Monday, Wednesday, Friday that are that are on that call, and we have that just is a, great. It really is the best. Yeah. the best. I did the same thing at the beginning of started a meeting yeah. online, and it's and it's still going on. And I've turned it all over, and yeah, yeah, which was a little hard to do. It was. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Elder statesmen are bleeding, Deacon. Yeah. We have elder statesmen sitting here. This is fantastic. Here, have my baby, my trembling hands. (laughs) 
Asponsi and I were pretty much running the whole thing. Like we based it on the 24 hour a day book. I was outvoted. You know, eventually we changed the reading to the daily reflection. I, that was not my vote that, hey, they do what they want to do. It's a group right. conscience. Right. Uh, and I said to, to Daryl one day, I said, uh, hey, do you think, you know, we should turn over the positions? And he and he immediately said, yes. And I realized that I wished I hadn't asked that question because I wasn't quite as ready as he was to turn over. But we ended yeah. up making like three or four positions out of it. And now we're we're seeing it, a lot more guys step up and get some service. It makes the group stronger. Rotation's like incredible in that. Totally. It's a beautiful concept that we employ. And, and I got to say, there's something that I really love too about knowing that I had a hand in helping get something started that's running without me now. I call it the wheel of fortune effect. Like I could hit bankrupt. I could pick up a drink of alcohol right now. I could be gone out ripping and running, but everybody I helped, every meeting I started, every guy I sponsored, every kid of theirs, like those are impacts of my sobriety that I can't take a drink and a race, you know? I just call it the wheel of fortune effect. Like when you, you know, when you're, when you're spinning the wheel, you can hit bankrupt, but when you buy a prize, it's yours to keep no matter what. Right. So oh, I, think it. Helping, okay. I think of helping other people as that's, that's something I took away from my alcoholism. You know, that's something that my alcoholism did not want to have happen. It did not want to see that young man become a better father to his son. It did not want to see that meeting get started. My alcoholism wanted to, you know, get me alone and then get me drunk. To me, those victories are more enduring and, and more certain than just my own fragile sobriety. Well, I like the wheel of fortune metaphor because it's <laughs> time for pound sign heard in a meeting. Don. Yeah. You know by now that that's hashtag. Hashtag, but hey, I'll go. I'll go pound sign. I <laughs> I, I have a push button phone. I yeah. know what you're talking about. Number symbol. Yeah. We're in a meeting. Tic-tac-toe, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, here we go. This is where we uh, scour the interwebs for posts of cool things you've heard in a meeting. Post them on social media with hashtag heard in a meeting, keeping in mind our tradition of anonymity. Here's what caught our attention this week. All right. Let's see. I'm going to spin the wheel here. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I didn't have a higher power when I got sober. Mine was a hower power whom I was always asking, how are you going to do this for me? How are <laughs> you going to help me through that? That's oh, great. Wow. Wow. I've heard people say how are power. I didn't know. I didn't know that uh, extra explanation there. That helps me. It does, doesn't it? Uh, Howard Power, those foxhole prayers, those all about me prayer. And today my prayer life is completely different. And it's simply asking for guidance and how can I be of service today? And, you know, and little things like, uh, you know, let me share joy or, or be kind, that type of stuff. It was news to me reading in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's, there's specific instructions how to pray and what to ask for, which is, never praying for ourselves. How does it go? I really should find that quote. Uh, well, we've got gave us brains to use, right? So yes. we asked for his guidance on a daily basis, right? It's 11th step. 
on uh, page 86 on awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. But a power power. I like that. I mean, power, it's power. I, I like because you know we really need to be asking our higher power. You know what I mean? We need to ask how how are how, how, how do I do this? How, <laughs> how, how? You know, well, I mean, that, now I've heard that higher power called Howard. Howard be thy name. Yes. Um, <laughs> Andy, Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. Gladly, gladly the cross-eyed bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that's a great hashtag heard in a meeting. Well, here's another one for us. When I have a problem, and I try to fix it myself instead of turning it over, I suddenly have two problems. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly. Yeah, that's a that's the idea that before I got sober, I just dug holes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bulldoze yeah. my way through any obstacle. And it, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, self-reliance. I mean, I can't. I've worked with a, a lot of sponsees and done a lot of fifth steps and self-reliance comes up for everybody to some degree, and certainly for myself. I'm a fan of saying in the program, this is not a program of quitting. <laughs> you know, we we are not quitters. You know, we tried everything but quitting. You know what I mean? We wanted to make, we wanted yeah. to make this work, you know? Yeah. I'm apt to struggle on my own, but, but turning things over and trusting a higher power, man, that is the great part of this this way of life. Well, so how do you do that? Because when I first got sober, it didn't make any sense to me. What do you mean, turn it over? And, I, you know, I've got real problems that have to be dealt with, mm -hmm. and I've got to deal with them. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that new person? Well, I mean, I agree. You know, uh, we all have business meetings and, you know, transactions that we need to conduct. And just because we're sober today, just because we didn't take a drink of alcohol, doesn't mean the bills stop coming. And it doesn't mean that the boss stops asking questions. And I'm in sales uh, professionally. I have some fellows in the program that have the same profession. And we joke about telling our boss that we're going to uh, trust God on this one or that we need to be, a, you know, something. And, you know, and, well, this uh, is the part that's confusing. Yeah. Look, you guys know. And I can tell just in, in talking with you that you guys have, have been around the program a long time and, and have seen it as, as well as I have, that this program is about not drinking alcohol one day at a time. God gives us what we need to get through the day. It may not be the way we want to get through the day, and we may not get the answers that we want today. Sometimes the lesson is we need to wait and have patience and things need to unfold. And sometimes the outcome is not what we had hoped that it might be. But trusting God's plan for me in this life has been a process of discovery. I'm here to tell you, miraculous outcomes, things that I never expected or had hoped for. I mean, if you had told me when I got here that I'd have a wife and three boys and be living in this house, I might not have been excited. I might have thought, well, that's not really what I want. I want to be, uh, I have wanderlust. I want to travel the world. I want to, you know, like I didn't know anything about life when I got here. So when struggles and troubles are on top of us when we get here, but I do know that there is no problem that any individual is facing 
that taking a drink won't make worse. So what we do is we practice solving our troubles while not drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. That's the key, right? Because this problem that you have, whether it's paying a bill or taking care of a child who's sick or replacing a, a job or getting get yourself back and forth to a job without a car, like all those problems and struggles are here in our lives, whether we drink or not. Today, mm-hmm. it's about we can handle these problems without drinking alcohol. And then things do get better. That's my vision. That's my experience. That's my that's my belief. Pat, thanks for joining us today. This has been a great discussion. I'm glad to get to know you. I like the way you think. <laughs> Pat, <laughs> thank you very much. It's been a real joy chatting with you. Thanks a lot, guys. Bartender, two more shots, please. One for me and one for my friend. Hey, thanks, Willoughby. Yeah, you think this bar is safe? There's a lot of people in here. Oh, sure, I'm vaccinated. Yeah, you got the boosters? You know, I think alcoholics are pushing this COVID booster shot. Yeah, I do too. You know, why would anyone but an alcoholic stop at two shots? (laughs) (laughs) It's really not that funny. Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine, Inc., We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find AA Grapevine on Instagram and the AA Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit aa.org.